Paul, thank you for joining us once again. My name is Matt Phillips and you're listening to Run Chat Live, episode four. So this episode is probably one of my favourites in the episodes we recorded uh, before we started to get live guests onto the podcast. Um, and it tackles the question of what is running economy? What is it that gives us more bang for our buck and helps us ultimately get from A to B faster? And the answer lies, as hopefully we managed to discuss in the podcast, in how much force are we actually putting into the ground? Force that ultimately is converted into elastic recoil and helps us spring off the ground and stay in the air for a longer period of time, called flight time. Because that essentially is what helps us cover A to B in less strides. Whilst you're in the air, it's less likely to injure yourself. Okay. Ultimately, it boils down to, well, I can't tell you that yet. You'll have to listen to the podcast. Once again, thank you for people who have joined us up to this moment. And uh, We are, as we mentioned last week, all over the shop now. So on Spotify and iTunes, on Stitcher, on Podbean, who hosts for us. Um, so if you do enjoy the content, do please share, like, discuss, post on social media, particularly iTunes, because they've got the monopoly on raising awareness of our podcast. Thank you and do enjoy episode four. Sunday morning in Studio 57 Clinic um, in Hove and um, I'm quite enjoying these now. I've been looking forward to this yesterday. I was having a little run and thinking about what we're going to talk about. Um, the run, as you can see from the clip I posted, was pretty windy and runny and I love windy runny runs. But hi Nick, how are you going? How's Japan? Konnichiwa. So Japanese? Yeah. I believe I just stereotyped the whole of Japan in that statement. Anyway, nice to see you, Nick. So, um, yeah, I was running yesterday. And it's one of those runs where if you run in the wind, I love the elements, but you're running against the wind and you're thinking, oh, this is just a nightmare. This is just, and everything's against you. But the one thing you can almost guarantee is when you turn around, it's, the wind's going to be behind you and you're going to feel like like Elia Kipchoge. And it's gonna, you're going to feel great. You're at the Berlin Marathon and you're breaking the world record. Konibanwa, konibanwa, konibanwa to everyone from Japan watching. So anyway, um, yeah, and and that helped me think, you know, what is it when we're running with the wind behind us? What is it that actually makes us run so much quicker? Okay, yeah, obviously it's the wind pushing you. Well done. Um, hi, Yvonne. How you doing? Um, but yeah, in reality, what's happening when the wind pushes you even behind is a nice example of what is the biggest contributor to running economy? And that is an increase in flight time. Okay. Um, a lot of runners read a little bit about running stride and they devote all of their efforts to trying to lengthen the stride. This is why we've got so many um, videos and 30 day challenges and, and all of this run this, run that. And it's all about increasing your stride by stretching the hip flexor. Okay, because it's as if we think that running economy is all about um, being able to get that leg back further and have a massive long stride. When in reality, most of your speed over a certain distance comes from increasing the amount of time your feet are off the floor. Okay, which we call flight time. And that's a big player in, in looking at um, running economy and running efficiency and how can we increase that flight time. Um, and also, as we'll say, as we'll see in a minute, whether we're the sort of person who's going to rely on either flight time 
or are we going to rely on shorter flight time and faster leg turnover? So anyway, um, that's what we're going to chat about today. Um, I'm going to try and keep it on a fairly kind of layman's level. But so um, I definitely want to help runners understand what running economy is all about. But hopefully it will appeal to the lay to the professional as well, maybe in a way to explain it to their runners or something. So. Um, so essentially, when we're talking about running economy, um, then we're talking about how much energy it takes you to move, let's say, a kilo of your body weight a meter forwards. OK, the less energy it takes, then, then the more you're going to be able to move yourself forwards and the greater flight time you're going to have and the faster you're going to get from A to B. Um, when we talk about how much you're going to be able to move yourself. A lot of that boils down to the elastic strength you've got in your tendons, particularly tendons, but also to a certain extent muscles. So I like to use the spring analogy in this, and anybody who's worked with me will be sick of me saying this, but as a runny, you're kind of like a pogo stick, okay, but kind of leaning forward slightly. And you, if you consider the spring of a pogo stick, it's not all loose and flexible, and it's not like a slinky. You know, it would take quite a lot of effort to push a strong pogo stick spring down. Um, but the recoil is what makes you then go forwards. That's almost like the free movement through space. But you've got to have a strong recoil to be able to move through space and therefore have a fast flight time and therefore get to A and B quicker, um, ultimately with less contact time. So um, how do we get our springs stronger? Well, that's where all the ties with strength training um, come into play and there is an awful lot of research which which shows not inconclusively but suggests that strength training is one of the biggest factors we can use to improve performance and, and also potentially decrease injury. Um, Daniel O'Grady, how are you doing? When I stop it just because I've got a name flashing up here and it's just educated to say hello. But anyway, um, so yeah, really as runners, and this is why I'm always hampering on about strength training and plyometric training. If you've got strength, you need to convert it into running functional strength, i.e. plyometrics, being able to explode. Um, then this is what most runners need to be concentrating on if they want to take themselves to the next level. Um, it also helps explain to me why some runners don't seem to need to do any kind of strength training and they remain injury free and they get great results. We all know those people and yet other people get injured as soon as they go out of doors. Um, and it's kind of a mystery if they can do it. Why can't I? Um, this is why runners tend to kind of stretch more or they just try and go out running more. When I think a lot of it boils down to not having enough strength in tendons and muscles. OK, so. Um, Moving on from that, um, we can look at running form. Now, there was some in very interesting. Um, it was from a video in 2013, I believe, and it was by a guy called Todd Kenyon. I like to mention his name because a lot of other websites have kind of reproduced his information. And I'm not sure whether they're giving him credit or not. But he was from a, or still is probably from a website called ttbikefit.com. And as far as I know, he was one of the first people to produce um this concept of two types of runner. Now, you may have heard of this before. What I'm talking about is the comparison of the gazelle start style of runner against the glider. Um, so um, Todd Kenyon um, used two um, elite um, female triathletes 
to show and demonstrate with the use of camera, and I'll put the link up in the comments after this, how at that level of elites, um, there was two distinct ways of running, um, particularly amongst the female athletes. So um, one of those ways was, he referred to as the gazelle, was kind of leaping through the air and generating enough force to actually fly through the air, almost like bouncing, but not straight up, generating a huge flight time and then landing. Okay, so they're kind of like this, if you can imagine that. So this style of runner obviously had a lower cadence, okay, because they were spending more time off the ground, so the legs weren't going like this. They had a lower cadence because they were increasing much more vertical displacements and moving up and down. But the power in every time they landed was enough to shift them up in the air. So they were covering a large space with lower contact time, uh, lower cadence, higher vertical oscillation. That was um, one of the styles of running he found. In fact, it was Miranda Carfrey, um, elite of the elites, who was showing that, amongst others. He then panned into other styles of runners. It was Christy Wellington in particular, who rather than kind of gazelling around or bounding up and down like this, legs were turning over much quicker, so there was less vertical displacement. He referred to her as a glider. Okay, there was still enough time for her to get her foot into a, a decent um, initial contact position, but there was remarkably less contact time. Okay, and she was much more of a glider moving along with the legs moving over a higher cadence. Okay, with less bouncing up and down. Both elites or the people he compared to, obviously all running kind of like sub three hour marathons after the swim in the cycle. And he found that very interesting. Let me have a sip. Now, that information, I think, has been kind of, again, incorporated a bit falsely into the world of recreational running. And that is the predominantly the amount of people we get elites in here in Stride UK, Studio 57. But most of the runners we see are not expecting to run a 250 um, Ironman marathon. They wish. But anyway, so um, the idea of um, the glider in particular, I think, has been abused because yes, these elite gliders have a higher cadence and their way of efficient um, economic running is by turning the legs over quickly, but they're still generating enough force with each initial contact to get some decent flight time. Now I compare this to an awful lot of runners who have either read that they need to increase their cadence, maybe they've read some kind of um, video instructions saying you need 180 steps per minute. We've all seen it. They're still out there. Um, and so what they're doing is they're turning their legs over as fast as they can, but they haven't got that strength to generate any flight time. So rather than gliding, I refer to these people as shuffling. This can also happen to an older athlete who is maybe trying once again to see those glory days and good luck to them. But if they were a glider in the olden days when they had that strength, and they are still using that quick, fast leg turnover, but they haven't got the strength to increase that flight time, then also they're going to turn into shufflers. And they're going to be doing the same kind of training as before, and they're going to be quite distressed because they're not achieving the times they used to, because they've moved from a glider into a shuffler. Okay. Now, sometimes the same can happen to somebody who's maybe read about gazelles. Uh, maybe they've heard that they need to stamp down into the ground or that they're pushing off at the end from their calf. And they're achieving that height, thinking this is the way I've got to be. I've got to be a gazelle. But the problem is, again, 
they're not generating that huge flight time. What they end up doing is just bouncing up in the air. Okay, so all of their effort is just moving upwards instead of kind of upwards and forwards. And we see these in clinic as well. Um, they'll have a lower cadence, okay, which amongst the elites is perfectly acceptable. But what happens is they are moving upwards and they're not traveling forwards. Okay, so in other words, the, the, uh, the force of them landing on the ground um, with gravity working against them is excessive and they can not only have less performance, they can also end up with injuries resulting from the higher impact of landing. So when it comes to running economy, um, it's useful to have the gazelles and gliders in your mind. And depending on how much you've been running, it might be useful to see whether you are, whether you lean more towards being a gazelle i.e. somebody who's going to generate enough force to have a lower cadence but a very far high uh, flight time, long flight time. Or maybe you lean towards the uh, glider who is capable of maintaining a high cadence but they've still got enough force generated with each initial contact to actually move forwards as opposed to just shuffling along very slowly with the legs moving like the clappers. Um, until you get enough strength you're not going to achieve either style, okay? You're not going to be uh, an efficient economic gazelle or glider until you've got enough strength in those muscles and tendons. If you try to reach those levels too quickly, then you're just going to become a bouncer or a shuffler. And that's what we see an awful lot um, in clinic. So where are we? 9.46. I want to keep this quite snappy if I can, because um, uh, I think people switch off otherwise. So um, when it comes to running economy... Whether you're going to be a gazelle or a glider one day, um, you've got to make sure you've got the strength in those uh, tendons and muscles. And how are you going to get the strength? Running enough is going to generate strength, but if you run too much, then you're going to overtrain and you're going to go down the path of injury. So the other way of getting strength would be doing specific training to strengthen those tendons and muscles. That's where our strength training comes in. Um, and that's where, once again, I harp on about moving from basic strength exercises with heavy weights, so your squats and deadlifts um, and lunges and all the other variety of single leg versions of those in case you've got one leg stronger than the other. Once you've got that foundation in strength, then you need to move towards plyometric training with your box jumps um, or just uh, hopping exercises. Um, those exercises to generate um, that ability to either manage a flight time as a gazelle or manage enough flight time as uh, a glider okay to avoid being a bouncer um, or a shuffler um, unless you're doing that strength training then i personally believe and there's kind of evidence more and more evidence to support this that you're not going to um, see very big increases in your running economy um, other traditional ways of running economy like vo2 max may well improve if you're doing the cardio exercise but specific joint mechanics of reducing mechanical work and reducing work against gravity um, they're not going to change unless you get the strength in those tendons and muscles um, I also made a point of saying oh yeah this emphasis on strength to be able to generate flight time fuels my lack of understanding why so many runners spend time stretching okay once again, apologies if you know me and you've heard me say this before, but if we go back to the idea of a pogo stick generating 
enough force to travel through the air and increase that flight time, then why are you going to try and loosen that spring up as much as possible? Okay, if you spend your days stretching muscles and stretching um, and reducing the, the recoil of them, then you're going to inhibit your running. Okay? Not only is there evidence uh, and studies to show that stretching um, can um, has, has no effect on reducing injury, um, it, there's also studies which show that stretching can actually reduce performance. Um, and the reason for that is has fueled this idea of the elastic recoil of tendons. If you're relaxing those that reactive force enough, then you're not going to spring. Your flight time is going to decrease and you're going to get from A to B in a slower time. Make sense? So once again, unfortunately today, um, and there was a few people on Instagram and Twitter who asked me to talk about stretching. But this is probably one of the most important reasons why what I use to try to um, explain to runners why they need to spend less time stretching, most of them. Um, because if you want to get a stronger runner, you're going to have to get stronger springs, so you've got more free time in the air travelling distance. How is stretching going to get you stronger? How is stretching going to give you stronger springs? Does that make sense? I hope so. Um, so there we go. I think that's enough of running economy in this little short um, step. What I'm thinking of doing in the future is, is doing some extended videos, um, longer ones, um, with um, the actual videos and papers to um, to support it in kind of a PDF kind of presentation thing. Um, I'm thinking of getting that done in future. So keep an eye on this channel. Leave some comments if you might be interested in that sort of thing. Um, there'll be a minimal charge, obviously, because I have to pay for my time. Um, but um, I think... In these little chats, it's just to get you interested and to change, you know, get rid of a few misconceptions. For those of you who are local to Brighton and Sussex, then um, running season is about to start. We've got the uh, Brooks 10K uh, around the corner in October, I think. And then we've got the Bright 10 in November. And we've got, obviously, the half marathon coming up in February and the marathon in April. And before we know it, everything is starting again. So as of today on Sundays, I'll be here actually till five o'clock. Normally I'm here till one o'clock on a Sunday, uh, but we're extending that time to fit, well, to meet with the demand. So I'll be here till five o'clock. So if you're local and you need some help getting ready for any of those marathons or half marathons or 10Ks, or if you just want some help with your 5K park runs, then this is where I'll be on a Sunday. I still think we're one of the only clinics open on a Sunday. Um, and long may that last. So um, I hope that's been interesting to you. Um, as always, leave some comments. If there's any therapists out there who want to disagree or kind of, accurately critique what i've said today and then do please use the comments as well and um yeah hopefully i'll see you next sunday at the same time 9 30 that's it thank you very much goodbye you're listening to run chat live podcast putting the evidence back into running injury and performance